Caleb, I don't hear the music. Oh my goodness. You know, I did this perfectly almost all season. Like we it we did one take in the beginning. Oh dang it. I mean, but you don't need to play it for us. We just know it's it's the it, it's, you're going to play close in time. You're going to mix yeah, it. Yeah, I know that I'm going to mix it later, but it, it's more <laughs> it's more fun when we record it live. Even though I'm going to switch out the song later and make it sound good, we're going to play closing time. It's going to be great. Just just trust the process. Three, two, okay. one, go. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. This is Cumin. This is Caleb. Welcome to Life Unwasted, a podcast where we look into our past to discover our present. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, we've mixed every episode live. Um, up until just recently, the last couple of episodes uh, of this season, I kind of edited the beginning of the of the episode um, j- just to make it sound a little bit better on the front end because we switched to Zoom earlier on this season. Um, the sound gets a little it doesn't mix the sound well when we're when we're uh, playing music in the background. Uh, and every episode I've been able to mix it and make it sound, you know, reasonably good. And then tonight I just completely messed it up. And Cuban was reminding me that, that we edited all, we're actually editing the front part of the show now anyway, but I couldn't let it go. I had to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just those little things that improves us. <laughs> the I just, details. I, I, I still love the kind of analog nature of this show um that we're just kind of piecing it together it mm. feels it feels real uh and uh, uh there's something about that piece of it um that just is kind of created a a really nice space uh for people to come in and chat with us um yes yes you know another thing i really appreciate and like about our show is that we don't have any titles you don't have any titles? What does that mean? Whenever we introduce our guests or whenever we put on any show notes, we don't have any titles for our people. We just have names, no yeah. last names even, just names, yeah. and that's it. We come out as persons, as individuals. Yeah. Like I've been on other podcasts. I've been looking at other podcasts. There's always the doctor. There's always the reverend. There's always the something you know you put a prefix you put in front of a person's last name but with us it's just first names there's something homey there's something yeah authentic about that real this is real i never thought of it that way cumin but yeah every episode you know it's not season two episode 14 it's just like that we just had the Pammy episode and it really is every episode is, is very much what that, the energy that that guest is bringing uh, to the table. Um, and we should probably do a quick introduction. This is our last step. This is our wrap up episode of, of season two. Um, I, that we've started this podcast less than a year ago and we're, we're in season two now. Um, I'm really proud of this season. Uh, it really came together. Well, I, I feel it felt balanced to me. There were some things, those some perspectives that, that kind of challenged uh, 
my worldview. Um, and I also feel like I was able to ask our, our, our guests just some, some tough questions as well. I don't know. How, how, how did you feel about the overall, uh, you know, wrapping up this season too, man? Yeah, it felt great. I'm coming to season two. Honestly, we were not even sure we were going to finish season one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then yeah. after we wrapped up season one, it's amazing that we have another try at yeah. season two. You're right. This was a balanced season. We've come across guests from all walks of life. And you and I have become much better interviewers over mm. this period. We've we now get each other. We have amazing chemistry. It's, it's yeah, sometimes uncanny and although this is unscripted it seems yeah. like we know each other's minds we, we it seems like there's telepathy going on i agree with that i agree with that there's there there's one there was like once or twice this season where we, I got on the chat with you and I think I, there was an episode where I just said, Hey, at, you know, ask the, you know, ask the next question. And I don't even think I said what question it was, but I knew you knew what to ask. Um, but there's not any like, commu- you know, communication under the table, really. Um, I think it's very much just being present in the moment. Uh, and he, <laughs> he said, we have great chemistry. Yeah, we freaking do. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the fun part. <laughs> And, and, um, I feel like every guest that's come on has really just been open and authentic and, and real. And, uh, I've learned so much, uh, from the guests this season. Um, and I wanted to mention so many of you have reached out, uh, just with suggestions and feedback and like that, that's why I think this show has only gotten more interesting, uh, for, for me as we've gone along. Um, and you know, please, if you have suggestions for uh, people you uh, think would be great interview, that would be fantastic. Season three, we're going to really start recording. I think human, you said March, Mm -hmm. what's the time? And then maybe dropping episodes after that at some point. Um, So we've got a little bit of time. We want to interview continue to interview uh, MKs that we have known or know of uh, through the Faith Academy Network or just the, the Philippine um, uh, Philippines in general. But we're going to be adding uh, some MKs uh, from maybe Central America, Africa. And um, if you have suggestions uh, for other MKs, that would be that would be really great. Um, just hearing from we had one uh mk from panama this last season and listening to christy talk about her experiences it was so interesting the things that were the same and the things that were very very different yes and also we would like to hear people of people from all ages we welcome those in their 20s and their 30s or 60s 70s pretty much up till now we've been hearing from people around our age so that's mm-hmm. around 40 but from now in season three we would really love to have some uh, people from diverse age ranges mm-hmm. and from different countries yeah yeah a shout out to all our guests i'm going to yeah. just 
Absolutely. Quickly read off the names of the guests this season. Shout out to Tim, Lem, Adam, and for the Purity Culture, Culture episode, uh, Rachel, Devi, and Ian, Anna Clark Miller, Adam. This is Adam one mm-hmm. for joining us on that bonus episode of Turning 40. Yeah. Rob, Kristen, Christine from MK Safety Net, Rachel, the management, the mango jellies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that was a lovely group of people, that family. Thank you for joining us. Julie and Pammy, who graced us with their presence for the last episode of season two. That's Thank awesome. you all. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, again, I learned so much and, you know, every guest that's been on at the end of it, they say, Oh my goodness, I had so much more to talk about. I had some stories I wanted to tell. And we want to invite you guys. If, if you have an awesome MK story <laughs> that you think is great, either um, horrifying, hilarious, or hopefully both at the same time, uh, make it into a voice memo and and send it to us. You you can reach us on Facebook, uh, Life Unwasted, or on uh, we're on Twitter. And give you my email address. I'm not going to put it out there on the podcast, but uh, if you want to send a voice memo, you know, about a minute long, minute or two minutes, it depends on what the content of the story is. But if you want to just tell a great MK story and send us a voice memo, we can totally tack it on the end of an episode or do an all stories episode next. We'll, we'll figure out a way to, I mean, there's no guarantee that we can fit it into the show. Um, there's no guarantee we can fit it in, into the show, but um, it, we were going to try. Uh, Cause I, I still think there's a lot of stories out there that, that would just be hilarious and healing for all of us to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Feel free to reach out to us with your voice memos. We would love to hear more from you. Yeah. And I think we could pretty much fill up an hour with all of your stories. Yeah. Stories yeah. are so rich and interesting, especially coming from MKs. Mm-hmm. And we want and, to and relive I, those experiences with you. I, I gave it a minute long time frame. I mean, I, I know some stories might be longer than that. If it's a good story, it's a good story. Just just let us know. We'll work on it with you. That'd be great. Yes. And Cumin, I had a story that I wanted to tell because um, you and I used to tell more stories, I think, in season one. Um, but there's a a story that I was thinking of that came to mind this last week. And I wrote it down just because um, I think I look at it so differently now uh, at this moment in time versus how I've looked at it along the way. Um, and I'm just going to tell the story and then m- maybe you can kind of help me process it. Cumin. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Go ahead with the story, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. There, there I am asking for permission. I always ask for permission and you always give me a hard time about doing that. So I'm just going to tell the freaking story. Yes, um, yes. When we were living in the Philippines, this would I would have been in seventh grade. So this would be maybe 95, 94, 95. Wait, yeah, maybe 95. Um, my dad was, this was in the island of Mindanao in the Southern Philippines. And my dad was working with um, some folks uh, in a very remote part of Mindanao called Upper Agusan. And 
to get to Upper Gusan, you couldn't just like drive. You had to drive for a few hours on, you know, pretty, pretty rough roads um, into the uh, very <laughs> unsafe areas where the NPA and the more Islamic liberation front are. Um, or the new people's armies, that's like the Maoist rebels. Uh, and then you get on a boat, a little dugout canoe, and and then you go upriver uh, in a little, little dugout canoe with a little, um, you know, like two cylinder uh, motor. Uh, and, and then you'd have to, you know, we, you'd stop halfway up the river and then you get back, you'd stay in a little village, you get back and you go all the way up to upper Gusan. Um, and then where the river lets out, you get on motorcycles and you have like eight people on a motorcycle, you know, and you go the rest of the way, dirt roads on a motorcycle. So pretty remote. So I would, I would have been in seventh grade. My older brother would have been, uh, no, I would have been maybe sixth grade. I'm sorry. This, I would have been younger. Cause I think my brother would have been an eighth grader and my sister was five years younger than me anyway, maybe second grade. <laughs> uh, so we'd spent the whole day going up this river in a, in a, uh, you know, dugout canoe. We stop at a village. We're staying with these folks and everyone's house is on stilts. Which oh, yes, when the yes. you know when the river comes up, you got to have your house on stilts. Um, but uh, so we're up up on stilts and uh, we we're having you know dinner with this family and you know on the table was like literally maybe like six ears of corn, um, the the smallest corn you've ever seen in your life, like like mm. you know like the the size of. Um, a small potato <laughs> and, or maybe a sweet potato about the, the size of a small sweet potato. And, uh, and that was it. And I'm like, turn to my dad. I'm like, Hey dad, like where's dinner? And he said, this is what oh. we got. And we're sharing oh. it with his family, you know? Yes. And I remember like realizing that we were eating their dinner. Yes. And that's all I had. And mm -hmm. like, it was a very meager dinner. Mm. And I remember being so embarrassed in that moment, because, um, I'm like, like we have all the food in the world at home, you know, I mean, not all the food in the world, but like, like we had food security and mm -hmm. here we are. And these people are literally, it reminded me of what Pammy said, like Filipinos are the most, um, outlandishly giving, giving mm -hmm. and hospitable people ever. And so, you know, I ate that, like, you know, half an ear of corn, and, and, you know, savored it and thanked everybody and all that kind of stuff, but just felt like such shame in that moment. Cause we went back to the bedroom and my mom, like, like literally gave us a melted Snickers bar. And it, of course, like if you've been in a tropical country, you know what a melted Snickers bar mm. is because you can't just like, <laughs> you know, have a Snickers right, bar in your pocket. Right. It's mm. going to melt if you don't keep it in the refrigerator. Mm. So, um, and then, so we're in this like kind of back bedroom sleeping on the uh you know bamboo floor there's no mat there's no mat or anything like that you're just sleeping on the bamboo floor with um no blanket i don't remember a blanket um and then the outhouse because everything is up on stilts the outhouse is up on stilts so i had to go use this outhouse and like i had to use like use it use it and mm. you know at night and i'm realizing everyone in this village is about to see uh my poop hit the ground from uh you know uh elevated building <laughs> and like like that is a wild experience so then we you know we finish out the trip and it's it it was such a mix of adventure and cultural perspective that 
I do treasure to this day, the, mm. as difficult, like that was a, like a messed up thing to, to, to juxtapose at that age. Um, what, uh, what, what po- poverty and subsistence, subsistence living looks like and being embedded in that, um, and, and understanding your privilege at that point. But like, like, I'm glad that I have that memory now, but it's something, it is a memory that's haunted me for a long time because I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to really pull it apart and think about it. I think that there was a period of my, of my life. I think very recently I was kind of angry about that. Like for a couple of reasons, one, you know, what are we doing here? Like we, we don't need to bring Jesus up here. We need to bring food, you know, we need to bring like education mm. and resources. Mm-hmm. We need to, to vote in people into power that can make state department policy that, uh, you know, create stable democracies all around the world. Like that's what we need to do. Why are we here? Um, so there's a bit of anger about that. And then, and then I think there was a lot of anger that I experienced or I had because, uh, you know, you come back to the U S and you have all this crap in your brain. And it's like, if there's one thing that's been a through line this season is where was the mental health support? I mean, when you add in like religious trauma and spiritual abuse in, into that, um, you know, we were like Rachel this season talked about having, um, feelings of depression, anxiety, and a teacher literally told her that that was the devil, you know, that she must have some sin in her life that, that she's experiencing those things. And while I treasure that memory and I'm so glad I have it, it's taken me a lifetime to kind of unravel it in my brain and make sense of it. And I, I, I just hope that for, for missionary kids who are out in the field now, and I've heard, you know, people say, oh no, no, it's totally different now. There's, there's child, you know, there's, um, uh, expectations uh, for missions and children, child protection and all that kind of stuff. Uh, come on. Like <laughs> I, I work with um, youth, my, my nonprofit, like we serve like over 300 youth a year in various different programs. Um, I know what the standard is for, for child protection and uh, you know, good reporting and investigations and those sorts of things within the context of like the uh, American system of either adjudicated youth or youth with disabilities receiving special services. And I can tell you whatever they've got set up over there, it's not even close to being enough. (laughs) There's no way, there's no way those institutions have learned as many lessons as they need to and have implemented enough. And so now I'm getting on my, my soap box about the institutions themselves and kind of deflecting away from what I should be processing, which is where I'm at now. I think, especially this last season, hearing so many different perspectives and, and internalizing those and learning to, to view all of the parts of those really complicated experiences from childhood, pulling them apart, not realizing that they're not as scary as what I thought they were going to be getting a more holistic perspective of it, the good and the bad, pulling it into the present and really learning from it. Um, that's been a really hard process to learn how to do, but it's been really healthy. And I don't know that I would, I would have moved through some of those more intense feelings of anger um, without 
this podcast and the perspectives of our guests. Thank you <laughs> for doing what our other guests have done through season one and season two. You've brought your own experience from your childhood and made sense out of it. This is why I think we love doing this podcast so much. We get to hear all these different experiences from our brave souls mm -hmm. who grace us with their presence. It's not easy. It's difficult mm -hmm. to even dare and look back into our past because sometimes our past is so painful to look at mm -hmm. but then we can only go so far while we have too many suitcase suitcases under the bed that we're not willing to open so sometimes it does take bravery to say i'm going to pull out my suitcase i'm going to pull out that proverbial box and open it up and take a peek inside. Sometimes yeah. that's what we need to do. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Um human, any any thoughts from this from this season? Anything anything come up for you? Oh, I've putting you on the spot. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's what we all do. We put each other on the spot. Same sentiment from season one, rolling over to season two. I'm so thankful to be part of this community. We are healing together. Uh, I'm also thankful that I get to look into my past as well and relive some of the moments in the past to find out why I am the way I am. I don't think it had much to do with my mission field experience, or maybe it did. But for the longest time, I've wanted to be seen. I think I've shared mm. this on season in season one. Yeah. In particular, because I didn't really stand out amongst the white folks there <laughs> it, at Faith Academy, both in Davao or Manila. I didn't feel that I had something to offer to the public. So I had this deep desire to be recognized to be seen. I wanted to be the popular kid because I thought uh, they had it made. I thought the in people, the in crowd had it made. The jocks and the popular people had it all figured out back in high school. I didn't. So I think I spent my 20s <laughs> trying to stand out, trying to draw the people's attention, trying to draw the crowd inside me. That's why 
in high school, I remember taking off my shirt and running around the circle as we know it back then. I don't know what they call it now. Caleb, you know the circle, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I did. I I took off my shirt and ran around the circle yelling, bees are after me. There are bees after me. I think someone <laughs> dared me. Some, yeah, there were some, some people dared me to do it. I don't, I don't remember their names, but they dared me to do it. I don't know why I took up that there, but this was probably my senior year. I took my, took off my shirt and ran around the circle yelling, there are bees after me. There are bees after me. <laughs> I don't remember what happened afterwards, but that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. And I remember even from that one, from my high school years, I was always into wanting people's attention. I wanted to be the center of attention mm-hmm. yeah, because I wanted recognition. It was all about acceptance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just this deep need to be deep want, deep desire to be accepted, to be seen, to be recognized. Uh, which seems to be a prevalent theme that runs through our podcast and that our that our guests have also said. So I'm glad that after all these years we are all seen. We are all heard. I'm glad to be part of a platform that offers people the chance to be seen and to be heard. Because I think that's what solves 99% of the world's problems. When we see each other for who we are, when we hear each other for what they want to say and don't inject any of our agenda to inject any of our thinkings into what other people are saying i think that solves most of our problems in this world back to you caleb (laughs) yeah it's it's in well still thinking about what you're saying because i think there was so much that separated us back then or that we thought separated us or we were all trying to yeah Man, if you double dog dared me or my 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 brother, like I, I remember we were fishing one time in Alaska and we were in this little this little wasn't a little boat. It was me, him, and my cousin. And it was like a stormy day, and we're out in the middle of nowhere on in this boat. Um, and I'm like, hey Josh, I double dog dare you to jump in the ocean. Um, and he's like, okay, and he just did it. Um, and you know, it were probably, it was probably 400 feet or something like that where we were, where we were fishing. I don't know if it was 400 feet. It was, it was very deep. We were halibut fishing. It was really, mm-hmm. as probably, probably less than 400. Um, I'm exaggerating, uh, somewhere between a hundred and 300 though. Uh, and like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, it's like, we, you know, you just cr- craved that. And I think now realizing that that's actually the thing that connects us all. And the, the, the thing that actually heals that is us rebuilding a community where we just accept each other for where we're at. And maybe we say the things that we wish we had heard when we were growing up to each other. Um, 
and just, you know, without expecting anything in return, um, just accept one another. And I think uh, that balance, you know, of accepting all faith perspectives and accepting all, um, well, not, you know, all perspectives on, on uh, our mission field experience, because there's definitely some that I would push back on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, that, that acceptance is, is one of the most important parts of this process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read the show notes of each of our guests. <laughs> it's yeah. short. Cool. It's short, but I think yeah, yeah. it's fitting. For Tim, passing tones, living life as a master jazz That's musician. Right. Chateau de Pope, right. struggles that produce rich fruit. And after Tim, we had Lem. Life's not that bad. Not that bad at all. Followed by Adam. Life gets better. It really does. And then we had that purity culture (laughs) episode with Rachel, uh, Debbie, and Ian. Sex Ed Revisited. Promise Ring. Yes, it's okay to talk about sex. Remember, we're talking about the promise ring. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) God, that was some weird territory to cover. It was. Anna Clark Miller. Life is complicated. Embrace the good, the dark, the bad, the hard, the joy. They all mean something. Life is worth living when you're living all of it. Yeah. On turning forward. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say I Anna. learned a lot from that episode, and that that totally connects back to what to what mm-hmm. we're 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 talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I I think that I'm channeling a lot of what what she said in that episode. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. On turning forty, birthdays, heartaches, tears, growth, breakthrough. Rob, life's shorter than you think. Live it while you can. Christine, this is the MK from Panama. What's in your suitcase? Rachel, Rob's wife, you're enough. We love you just as you are. Yeah, Rob is also... I'm starting to say it the opposite way. I I I want to say in that episode where I introduced Rachel and I'm like, oh, this is Rob's wife. I it pisses me off that I left that in there because that's such a that that's such a weird way to introduce somebody. That this is, is Rachel. Yeah, yeah, he's you know he's Rachel's <laughs> husband as well. Right, like that right, goes both right. ways. Is, I don't know. Right. Whenever I hear that episode, it really bothers me the way I said that. Okay, let's <laughs> let's keep going. The mango jellies. Be free to be you. It's never too late to discover who you are. I love this episode because the whole family came on. We had such a blast talking with that family. Julie, it's okay to cry. No, you're supposed to cry. Yeah. And then our last guest for season two, Pammy, 
you are seen, you are loved. So that's it. Just going through the show notes alone tells a lot mm-hmm. about each episode and each of the guests that we had. Yeah. You know, you know what another memory that came up for me, um, because I was re-listening to the the mango jelly episode when it when it went and just they were talking about throwing a cinder block on top of these, you know, fireworks to ignite them and and set them off. And it reminded me of when I was uh, going from seventh to eighth grade, I did eighth grade in the US. So we um, we had to fly from Philippines to US and then uh, spent eighth grade in Michigan. And I remember being so concerned about a new school, making friends, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and the year before, uh, I had uh, started making uh, like mega fireworks, okay? Uh, for Christmas, like Christmas and New Year's in the Philippines, it used to be, I don't know if it's still the same, but it used to be all about fireworks and you could barely see your, you know, 20 feet uh, on Christmas Eve because there were so many fireworks going off and there was so much smoke. And I used to, I remember my brother came back from boarding school when I was in uh, seventh grade for Christmas and I wanted to impress Mm. him. So I took all these fireworks apart and I took all the gunpowder and I put it in one huge mega bomb. And we lit that thing off and it was insane. So then I thought, hey, you know, those uh, eighth graders in the States that I'm going to have to make friends with, I think they're going to think this is cool. (laughs) So I took all these fireworks and I put them in my check luggage to go back to the US, right? Because that makes sense. And um, so I get back into the US and I did make friends and I flew from the Philippines to the US with like all this gunpowder in my in my check bag. Um like totally pre 9-11. Okay. And uh, I, I did make friends in the U S and um, I remember I was like, uh, this was probably maybe like first or second semester. And I'm like, Hey, I got to really impress these guys. And we were all going to go out for a bike ride. And I'm like, Hey guys, uh, I have a firework. I want to let off. And they're like, Oh, okay. And they're thinking it's like a cherry bomb or something like that. You know, they're thinking it's like a smoke bomb or whatever. And I had this, mega firework (laughs) so we went biking and i lit that thing off and they thought that like the power line like the uh uh, transformer had exploded i mean this thing was massive Mm -hmm. and you know of course at that point i'm like a legend uh um but like i i you know why did i think it was a good idea to bring fireworks from the philippines back to the us <laughs> you know i wanted to be seen i wanted to make uh-huh. friends i was so nervous about just just the the whole transition to this new school i thought like you know in my little missionary kid brain you know this makes sense i'll just blow something up then everyone will like me <laughs> uh, caleb i've also recognized the person that I am in my forties now, yeah, I've I've discovered that I'm not really a people person. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I've just tricked myself in thinking that I'm a people person because I've been so lonely most yeah. of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I've never felt understood by people around me, and I've never really felt that I had someone who I could talk with. Mm-hmm. So I I went looking around for companionship. I went looking around for friendship. Mm. 
And so for, for a long time, I thought I was an extrovert and I thought I, yeah. I get energy from being around people. No, it's not that. It's just whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you still feel loneliness. And it doesn't matter if you are a people person or not. You still people. You still need people around you who needs to hear you out and who you can feel relaxed with. I don't. I don't think I had that growing up. Hmm. So for much of my life, I mistakenly thought I wanted to be around people because that was the void that was in me. But now that that void has been filled through my marriage mm-hmm. and through my children. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not figuring out. I don't really like to be around people that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be alone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was puzzled. I was puzzled. Why do I like traveling alone so much? Because I yeah. do. I'd rather travel alone than with groups group of people. I'm like, I'm a people person, but why do I enjoy alone time so much? What What's the mismatch here? But now I've realized it's not that. I'm not, I'm not a people person. It's just I've had this void for so long, this feeling of loneliness that was not filled. And that's why mm-hmm. I was just looking to fill that void with being around people. But you do know you feel lonely more in a crowd. Yes. Right. And it's yeah. even lonelier when you are with someone, but that person doesn't see you. Yeah. But now that I am seen and now that I have found people who listen to me, that that void has been filled. And I think that's why I was able to say in that episode on turning 40, I'm satisfied. Yeah, right. And Pammy, Pammy said she's lived life to the point where even, even if today was her last day and she won't, would not wake up tomorrow, she would still say, I've lived life well. This, this has been a very good life. And I so wholeheartedly agree with her. Hmm. Hmm. So I thank you and I thank the many guests that has willingly joined us for this exciting journey. I've grown as a person and I've learned more about myself. Yeah. I've discovered more of who I am. (laughs) I think that's just intense sense of gratefulness um, is also something that I connect with Cumin. We're very lucky. We're very privileged. There was one other piece of that story that um, about going to Upper Agusan and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, staying in the little village up on stilts. The last piece of that that I, I forgot to mention is really just privilege. You know, that that's the other thing that that really comes up for me. You know, I'm here in America, you're there in, in Korea. Um, we're at a point in our professional careers, in our life and family, where we can actually like have the time to do something like this. Um, and I I think about so many other individuals in 
in the world. And, you know, that, that family who are living on the side of the, the uh, Agusan river, you know, that like, will they have opportunities like this? You know, probably, probably maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but like, we get to do this because, um, of the families we were born into and the situation we were born into. And so like, I, I do think that, um, having an intense sense of gratefulness for what we have in life um, is really, really part of the healing process. And so I, I really connect with what you said, Kimon. Life wasted. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We get to look back and still say we're standing. <laughs> <laughs> we're still alive, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I was listening to Pammy. Uh, yeah, go again. ahead. But I, at the end of the episode, I said, uh, I've grown because of adversities. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit, 30 seconds later, I said, Adverse, um, we've grown in spite of adversities. You pointed at how mm -hmm. you said, no, you said because of. Yeah. So I had to yeah. correct myself and say because of. It's what a does that mean? To total, you? totally a different paradigm shift. Uh, we, when we look at obstacles and we look at adversities, we, we say, in spite of them, we were able to grow, we were able to progress. But because of, I think it's like muscle training and lifting weights. We intentionally lift heavier weights if we want to tone our muscles or if you want to get bigger, you're a wrestler. You intentionally wrestle a person who's better than you, who's an adversity. If you want to grow better, if you want to get better in wrestling, and you would think that oppon opponent or you would think the adversity because it's because of that opponent you've now gotten to be a better wrestler. So we should think... Sometimes we should thank those obstacles. Sometimes we should thank those adversities. Sometimes we should thank what seemingly seemed unsurmountable and exceedingly difficult at the time. But it's because we were able to overcome such adversities and obstacles that we've grown to the people we are today. So I think those adversities... Yeah. Looking back I, again, like, you know, that it, that's hard for me because I think that there were, there were a lot of times where, man, I was ready for that, that thing. And I, I experienced it and it was really hard, but I grew from it. Um, but then there were times where someone just walked into the weight room and, and dropped a 45 pound dumbbell on my foot, you know, and mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for those, you know, and mm -hmm. those hurt. And I think that mm -hmm. a lot of folks, some of the traumatic experiences that we've heard, you know, I, I just don't want to tie a neat little bow on it and say, Hey, you went through this terrible thing. Now you're better now that, you know, and I know that's not what you're saying, but, um, I think, no, I think, I think, no, you know what, human, I, I, what you said again, not in spite of, because of when you say, because of it, it gives you the power. It gives you, and I think that taking that power back and saying, no, I'm in charge of my growth 
not in spite of what you did to me, but because of it, I think you're right. It does. It makes me feel more powerful to, to think that way. I kind of talked around in a circle there. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, for myself and for a lot of other folks, um, some of those traumatic experiences came out of nowhere and, I, I wish I had had a little bit more time to train, but that's just not the way life works, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. That's what I lo love about life is the only play that you get no rehearsals in. Yeah. 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 So Everything what's our happens call to, as is. What's our season? What's our season call to action? Like what? What does it all mean? What does it all mean? <laughs> Caleb, I don't look for meanings much anymore, I think. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just let things happen and watch situations evolve around me but i i do take pleasure when i see others grow and when i see others have breakthroughs mm -hmm. i think that's the excitement i get when i see life develop around me are the breakthroughs and the growth that people experience on a day-to-day -day basis so what does this all mean don't really have a clue but what yeah. I do know is we're going forward and little by little, we're going to see more people have breakthroughs and grow more. And we're going to have more people be seen, be heard. We're going to continue and offer a platform where people can be accepted just as they are. 100%. Yeah. And let's, let's continue to not overthink it, be in the moment and just experience it. You know, every, 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 every interview is what it is. And sometimes, you know, there's the hilarious stories told, uh, sometimes, you know, I, and I do love the way this season started off with Tim just talking about where he was at in life. And like, he's got this, like, big decision to make for his career. He's got a big family decision to make with, with his mother-in-law and, you know, that's, that's real. That's, those are the types of like really difficult situations we're all living in. Life is complicated. It is, it feels very isolating and lonely. Like we're all going through this alone, but we're not, we're, we can be together. And I think hearing each other's stories gives each other strength. And for me, um, you know, I feel like you and I are both going through this together with, with our guests. And, um, that's the part that I love. It's not, um, we're all supporting one another and it, it, I don't know. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It has, it has mm. this season finale has been way <laughs> less structured than our season one finale, but <laughs> Like you said, it is what he is. Uh, yeah, I've just built my my mind to you all. Yeah. So, yeah, from 
time to time I might have sounded a little bit incoherent. <laughs> no. You know, you know, sometimes I think the liberating part of everything that I've done through this podcast is just to show that I don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to pretend that I have it all together because I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm still, I'm still just trotting slowly. This is my baby steps. I'm still a child. Mm-hmm. Literally, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have much figured out. I don't, I don't know much about life, but then it's, it's stunningly scary at times when people approach me to ask your question, Kill, what does it all mean? I don't know. Or when people in their 20s come at me and ask me about career advice. Or because I'm a pastor, people come to me with their problems. But all, all, all I can do is I can give you my ear. I can hear you. I can see you. I'm so sorry, but I don't know. I, I cannot offer you answers or solutions. But what I can offer you is my presence and my listening ear. And with me there, I just want you to know you are seen, you are loved, and you're accepted for who you are, just as you are. That's all I can offer. But if you ask me for meaning or answers, sorry, I'm just figuring out. I'm just trying to figure out what this all means myself. I think that's it, man. Yeah. Season season two is behind us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Season two is behind us. Closing time. Hit it. Closing time. Here we go. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.